2: Hi everyone, this is Adam from Team Overdrive, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. I am joined by our lovely host, Jill, who is going to tell us just a little bit about what you'll hear during this episode.
3: So in our third episode, we are um, joined by my fellow staff librarians, Todd and Sheila, and we talked about a wide range of books. There's some beekeeping involved, <laughs> there is some history with the Lafayette in the somewhat United States, we got some short stories with the Czar of Love and Techno, So that's a lot of good stuff today.
2: And in case you guys are wondering, if you're Hamilton fans, there is no Hamilton discussion, but that book, The Name Lafayette, if it sounds familiar, that is the Marquis de Lafayette who you hear about in Hamilton. So if you're a theater or Broadway nerd like myself, that will be something that you'll definitely appreciate and really enjoy. Uh, Was there anything else in this episode that people should look out for?
3: Yes. For our reader recommendations, we do something a little bit different. We, instead of um, giving out specific recommendations, one of our things is books to celebrate, appreciate a dragon day, which is kind of fun. (laughs) Absolutely. And in our pre-pubs, um, sometimes when you're recording, your brain isn't always working if you have an coffee, you mm-hmm. know? And we talked about, um, one of the pre-pubs we talk about, we mentioned that it is written in prose. It's actually written in poetry.
2: And for all of our listeners, whether this is the first episode you've ever heard or you've listened to all three so far, just wanted to remind you, if you want to let us know what you are reading and get some recommendations from us, you can do that by following us on Twitter at Overdrive Libs. Just let us know what you're reading. Uh, we'll give you some great suggestions. And with that, uh, without further ado, here is Episode 3 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast.
3: And welcome to the third episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill, and today I am joined um, by two of my fellow staff librarians, Sheila and Todd. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing good. Are
3: you excited to be talking about books?
1: Very excited.
3: So, what have you guys been reading recently? Anything, finished anything
4: good, Sheila? Well, I did read The Nest by Kenneth Opel. Okay. He's one of the Canadian authors. He's very good. I read Airborne by him. He had released a few years ago, but Nest is the one everybody's talking about. It's got all the star reviews right now. Um, and just to preface this is like, I'm a beekeeper and this thing gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it about? Um, it's about this kid who, who has this dream that this queen wasp comes to talk to him, oh. and in his family right now they're going through uh, a problem with their newborn baby. That the newborn baby isn't well, and he has to keep going back to the hospital every day. And the queen Was comes to him in his dream and tells him, "I can fix your baby." That's kind of creepy. It is very, very creepy. creepy. <laughs> um So this 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 boy keeps having these, and I'm using air quotes here. Dream about this. This, this queen wasp, queen wasp, and she builds a nest, and it just gets creepier from there. So, if you're into creepy and a star review, that's that's a good one. That's All a right, good one.
1: Uh, maybe wasps get a bad rap. Yeah, maybe. maybe. That's the problem.
3: Maybe that is the bad I don't. Well, to be fair though, is do we think there are ice cream wasps out there? I don't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that one.
4: Queen <laughs> <We'll go. laughs> I mean, honeybees. i Queen honeybees for. maybe Queen wasp, yeah, not Wasps. Yeah, so wasps are like a
3: totally different beast. Yeah. yeah. I'm not so sure about that. What about you, Todd? Uh, well
1: I've been re- actually just finished um Lafayette in the somewhat united states by Sir Val. Um Many of you may have already heard of story about, I don't know if anybody hears, read, I
3: don't think so. Like, name? it sounds... Like, her
1: name sounds very... She was familiar. on, uh... And it was a long time ago, she did, like, This American Life stuff. Oh, okay. Um, this is all about General Lafayette during mm-hmm. the uh, Revolutionary War. He's, um, French and joined the American Revolution when he was, like, 19. And, um... I think I
3: wrote a paper on him when I was in high school, but I don't remember you know, <laughs> yeah. watching that.
1: It's a it's because cool it's I mean, she's really funny, so it's told in a interesting way. And she goes to all these places where he was. Um but mostly you kinda of realize why like every ten towns you see are named Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah. yeah.
3: That makes sense. I guess I hadn't really
1: thought
4: about that, but mm-hmm. I could see how that would happen. All right, cool. Yeah, so it's
1: it's a good one. Um she had wordy shipmates that came out a few years ago. It was really good. Um but yeah, Lafayette in some United States.
3: I like it. I like it. I just started reading a book the other day called The Dorito Effect, The Surprising New Truth About Food and Flavor by Mark Schotzker. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, It's it's a nonfiction book about how over the decades, um, in an attempt to, you know, grow more crops and get more food out there to the people, like our populations have grown and all that stuff, they have sacrificed flavor in some of the foods, right? And so, like, they talk about chickens and how chickens, you know, they kind of make them bigger and sacrifice flavor. <laughs> and then how the, the twist of that, though, then is to get that more flavor. They sort of, like, fake flavor a lot and, and how our taste buds can't necessarily tell the difference between actual flavor and, like, fake flavor. So the it's called the Dorito effect based on how, like, Doritos came about and Tasting like a taco, It's not really a taco, but how that's sort of what they do to all kinds of foods now. They sort of fake flavor. Uh, it's good. You should. I just I love started Doritos, it. So yeah. <laughs> I was instantly drawn. It. Right on the title. <laughs> but it is kind of weird how they talk about like um they talk about imitation vanilla and how. Vanilla, like, used to be like very expensive and you couldn't really get actual vanilla extract. And then somebody discovered a way to make imitation vanilla. <laughs> and that's what people still continue to use a lot of, even though regular, you know, but you as, like, we can't necessarily tell because we've been um, conditioned to get more familiar with the fake flavors. Than so vanilla
1: actually. doesn't come in a brown jar? <laughs>
3: no, it does not come in a brown jar. <laughs> But it's it's interesting. It does make you sort of, like, be like, I don't know if I want to eat my lunch today. Like, <laughs>
4: like what's in it? I often question. My doctor tells me to eat better and then in the next sentence tells me he eats Wendy's he's uh, Well, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Or, like, tomatoes. Like, you look at, like, an heirloom tomato versus, like, the, you know, they're like, the heirloom tomatoes are what tomatoes are really supposed to look like. But you can't market those and they're hard to sell and... They want, you know, grocery stores want things to look nice and be very um, uniform. Uniform, yes. And so they breed them in a very specific way to look a certain way, and that's not maybe like it's a tomato, but it's not like a tomato, tomato. And anyway, so yes, I would recommend it if you had looked at it, especially since you do you farm. I mean, do you grow? Do you have a garden? I know you have like chickens. and...
4: Yeah, I put in a little little garden. So okay, I have my chickens and. My neighbor raises cows See that's probably so good that's probably a good stuff. I, I have I source my food is wherever I can. <laughs> That's good. I know where my eggs come from. When I crack an egg open I'm like, Oh it's so yummy. Yes, and it's got a beautiful color. To yeah, it. So, see, that's so. the
3: kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be fun. Are you reading anything else?
4: Um, well, I did get into a piece of nonfiction. <gasps> okay, I do a lot with the children in the YA, mm-hmm. and I read Steve Sheinkin's "Most Dangerous," the Daniel Ellsberg and the Secret of the History of Vietnam. Oh, and if I would have had this book in high school, yeah, I could have done a lot better. Vietnam history. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little bit older, so there you go. Um, but it was really good. It it brought everything together that era. Okay. In a way that young people can understand. And right. I've been referring it to all my social studies teachers and everything. I go, You need this in your classroom. Yeah. Um, your students need to read this. And even if you get the audiobook, it's mm-hmm. just fantastic. It goes through uh May Fourth at Kent State, Watergate, um, all the um, the Vietnam, the ancient orange yep. the whole entire thing encapsulates it into one book and explains it to you. That's good. So I got it now.
3: Yeah, that
4: I didn't. I yeah. got it. I got That's it. An, it an era of history awesome. I don't really. Know I didn't. Know,
3: I know very little about. Well, I was
4: little at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I was a four <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother's a Vietnam vet, so I mean, okay. I had intimate knowledge of right. it from an aspect yes. where most people wouldn't. But at the time, I was young, so I didn't understand all the grown-up things going on around sure. it. And it tells you about how the presidents kept perpetuating it, and not just one; it was like through three administrations. Okay, so it, it was it was pretty cool, all right, to learn about how that fell together. Interesting. Yeah. So is yeah. it a YA book then? Or um, is it a yeah, sort yeah, of like it, a... It's just ages 10 and up. Okay. But, you know, um, I think they're studying Vietnam history in the high schools. Yes. So, you know, and I have no qualms about using a lower level book in high school because then everybody can understand. Yeah, it's and if the
3: information
4: the, is yeah, presented. and the information yeah. is spot on. See, that's what matter yeah, of so, Not necessarily, though. Yeah. So I, I would recommend it to everybody.
3: Even
4: adults, because right. I, I yeah, it thoroughly. are really not that Yeah, you reading anything
1: else lately? Like yeah, I'm actually um, in the middle of a um, of some fiction now. Okay, uh, I heard about it through like NPR, and then actually when I was putting together,
3: NPR has the best book review. I love they this one them. They always do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this one actually, I feel like their book review at least it kind of it kind of threw me off because I they described it and it's it's kind of a weird book anyway, but um. Putting together like end of year lists, I was mm-hmm. uh, uh, just kept seeing the book again and again and again. It's called The Czar of Love and Techno. Uh, it's by Anthony Mara or Mara, M A R R A, and it is amazing. It's just uh, I've never read. A, it, I'm going to call it a novel, even okay. though it's sort of it's sort of short stories. It's so sort it's of like a novel in short
4: story form. Yeah,
1: um, okay. and you sort of. Uh, it, it's dealing with a lot of the same characters at different points in their life. And it just sort of like, you'll, it'll tell one story from one perspective and one family. And then you'll, and you'll sort of have these ideas about those characters and then you'll start the next story and realize that that story is now about the people that you just, Oh, you know, we're okay. looking at it in a negative way and you sort of learn like why they did the things they did mm-hmm. and how they did them. Why? Like all of the background for that. And then inevitably, you look differently on this other group. And then the next story inevitably will be oh, about them.
4: Interesting.
1: And it's um it's all about um it all takes place in sort of the very end. It's like late eighties, 80s, mid eighties 80s, um, Soviet Union. Um, that explains and, the title, right? That is why that is bizarre love and techno. And, um, yeah, so it's, it takes place there. Um, it's a lot, there's soldiers going off to war in Chechnya. There are ballerinas. It's, um, a very Russian book. But on top of it, I actually listened to audiobook and, um, this is one of my favorite audiobook performances I've ever heard because it's, um, I think there's about four readers. Oh, okay. And they all have very thick Russian accents. That nice. are, I wish I could do. Right. And you just have to go listen to it because as soon as you hear the guy's voice in the very first story, you'll want to keep going. It's just amazing. All and right. They're just, it's just great. Really great. And beautiful. And really hard to listen to
4: sometimes. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think that like when it comes to audiobooks, I think the narrators can Often you really make
1: a
4: good oh totally. book
3: feel like a performance, mm-hmm. not just somebody reading into a microphone.
1: Right, and the reverse of it is like sometimes I've heard a book that is really good, but, but is read audio, so terribly yeah, that, happens that I too. Like just get through it. You know, it's like, well, this is, a, I'm at work, I'm I not going to get a book out yet. I know. But, um, um, this one's a, it's a really great audiobook. Okay, right.
4: well, that sounds
3: good. How about you? Me? I, well, it's funny because in the second episode I talked about, I I read a lot of Tudor history books, fiction and nonfiction. And after that, I went back and started reading um, The Other Berlin Girl, which is one of my favorites, despite the very gross historical inaccuracies in the book. Like, that's a little bothersome to me, but I love it. It's like trashy Tudor. Body ripping history book all wrapped into one. I don't know how else to describe it, but I, I love it and I read it every couple of years. Um, so I started reading that again. It's just fun to go back to books you've read before, I think sometimes.
1: I, I turned the page t- <laughs> about three years ago and I said, I'm no more I'm not, I'm not rereading books. Really? I don't, I don't rewatch movies. Wow. Okay. I will watch some TV again. Do you I'm- own books? Yes,
3: but do they just but, like yeah, sit on the shelf? <laughs>
1: but actually, since I made that <laughs> decree, it, things have changed. I bought fewer books, but I, I, I sort of went ebook all the way. Well, sure. Um, but every once in a while, I end up with a paper copy. But yeah, I mean, they just end up being kind of. I think before that, even I wasn't rereading them that often. Okay, and they just end up being like trophies on the wall, you know. And
3: Interesting. It's like, okay,
1: so now no, I that was a. I'm not judging you.
3: (laughs) That's okay if you were. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, I like rereading books all the time. I do it often. I do have to, like, force myself to read new ones, though. Mm -hmm. So that
1: is the flip side of that. What ended up happening is my list to read became so big that I was... (laughs) And I was looking back at stuff I'd already read, and I was like, I'm going to keep going.
3: That's true. That's true. Do you reread books, Sheila? Only if it has Harry Potter in the title. <laughs> <That's> fair, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Why
4: well, do you read some of the children's books? Right, I mean, children's library, I read them all the time. Sure. But sure. Um, as far as you know, sit down reading novels, right. Harry Potter, I go back to because it's like an old friend. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, I have a one and a half year old, so I read uh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, like yes. forty five times a day. So if that oh, counts wow. as reading, you know.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> stuff. Do you get picture books to Overdrive? Like, do you try and get them?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you get the read-alongs?
1: Uh, yeah, she loves Does them. Does she like the read-alongs? The problem is the... She's very into the read-alongs, but uh, the she's very... Then, like, she's so into the book... That I'll give her the iPad and it, it's not going to stay on the page because she's, it. she's, she's, it's, like it's all hands, it's all hands, it's hands all over. <laughs> and so we're just we're like just flipping. This. She actually has, has taught me little gestures that you can do on it. It's like they are born knowing uh, how to I use an iPad better than than I do. And uh, uh, yeah, somehow so she funny. can like stop the read along, and then it stops and she's upset, and then of I course and then I have, have just- to get started. It's. It's no, it's it's great. They're, she's fine. really as long as they can be like slightly out of reach, right? Right. Or six months from now, sure. I guess. When she can, when yeah. she's not wanting to throw it across the room. Fair. But yeah, she loves them.
3: So, all right, those are our fun recent reads. I'm gonna do some readers advisory now. You know, we're librarians; that's what we do. People need book recommendations. So, who wants to start? I think I like Sheila's. I think Sheila's is fun. So, Sheila should start. With hers. Hers is a little different, but it's a fun one.
4: It's a fun one because I'm a children's librarian at heart. And so I always look at the calendar and say, hey, when do we got fun coming up this month?" And, of course, in January, every children's librarian knows, we celebrate Appreciated Dragon Day. See, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I and it's a good it's, thing. Uh, this year on January 16th. And so on Overdrive, we'll have a list up of all the dragon books that are available through Overdrive. And, um, the newest one, one of the newest ones is by, um, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. He writes a lot of fantasy kind of things. And he wrote a dragon's guide to the care and feeding of humans, which is really cool because it's the dragon side. The dragon's side. I Rather like it. And then, so, I mean, it, it was a really cute, um, it was a cute read. Um, they say grades four to seven on that one, but you know, you can go lower on that one depending on your reading ability. But it's a really cute thing. And then on the list, don't forget, you know, we still have the Aragorn titles. Yeah. I fell in love with Aragon. when yeah. it came out. The Dragon Rider by Cornelia Funka. Um, so, yeah, go on and check out all our dragon books and uh, celebrate. I um, well, appreciate a dragon day. What's the date again for appreciation? Um, it'll be January 16th. January
3: 16th. Yes. Excellent. What about you, Todd? What's your...
1: Uh, yeah, conclusion? I had a... Uh, um- Request from a friend. Um, uh, let's see, I'm looking for an audiobook recommendation for upcoming travel, um, which a lot of us will be doing. Uh, I like storyteller comedians like Mike Birbiglia, humorous biographies like Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. Um, so, I mean, I sort of started without knowing what, what they'd really read and figured that I'd sort of go all over the place, assuming that something would hit. Sure. Um, and I'm sure all of you could think of funny audiobooks because that's Definitely the thing right now. Um, But my most obvious one is um, You Talk Pretty One Day, but Mm -hmm. David Sedaris, I'm sure.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Um, classic. Yeah, that
1: is one I would re-listen to. (laughs) Uh, You know what?
3: I have never technically read a David Sedaris book, like, on the page. I've only done the audio books for David Sedaris. Once I figured out he does the audio for them, Mm -hmm. it's fabulous. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think... I think about midway I switched over, something like that. I read Me Talk Pretty one day in high school. Okay. So. Yeah. I don't know that audiobooks were on my radar Yeah, they probably
3: weren't on your radar. I don't think
1: they were on mine either. And then, uh, like, a more mainstream uh, recommendation would be, like, um, Dad is Fat or Food by Jim Gaffigan. Mm -hmm. Those are both really good. Um, They're basically his stand-up routine. So if you like Jim Gaffigan, you're going to like the book. Um, Also, uh, Modern Romance, the Aziz Sorry* book. So good. Um it's funny and then also like I'm married so it's not exactly helping me out. <laughs> but I thought he did a good job. It's like an actual book about dating. It is. Like an actual book. <laughs> like it did, there's like, like the science involved. There's stuff.
3: science involved.
1: And he uh, it, he didn't do the science, don't worry. Like already yeah. isn't doing the science. But he was really funny. And and then the audiobook, in addition to the ebook, is a good it's just a good companion because there's a lot of stuff that you can't see but he adds a lot of, like, asides little yes. and little, like, it's it's really it's, funny.
3: Like, I like, and Amy Poehler does it, too. Like, they're very self-aware of the audiobook format and that they're doing an audiobook, and so there's a lot more than just reading straight from the page, which yeah. is kind of fun. hmm
1: Yeah. Uh, the Augusta Burroughs book, um, uh, what's, the, what's the Christmas one? Um, oh,
3: um, this was terrible. I can look it up while we're...
1: Should have written it down. Uh, anyway, we'll go back to it. The the funny one I was gonna throw in is uh the Sarah Silverman book called The Bedwetter. It's called it's the the Bedwetter Stories of Courage, Redemption, and P. Um, it that one definitely comes with a um NC seventeen warning, but it's really really funny and she's uh like very honest in it. That one's that one's really great. And then the book that I actually mentioned earlier just finished, uh, Lafayette in the Somewhat United States. Um, or Wordy Shipmates by Cerevell. They're both really great. Um, but you're gonna learn something too, so you know. Was
3: it the better You Better Not Cry? You better not
1: cry. Yeah. yeah. I felt like when he read You Better Not Cry, it was like you start out and you're not really sure about the voice that he's using. Oh uh, okay. And it's it's because he actually reads it like with characters. Yeah. And he has a character for himself as a younger kid. Okay. So, okay. um, it's definitely interesting That's definitely and interesting. good.
3: And good. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Good to know. So, um, my is uh, it's actually for my brother-in-law. I asked my sister, and um, she said that he likes wizards and stuff, and that his favorite series is the Dresden Files by um Jim Butcher. And so, I suggested um the Iron Druid Chronicles by Kevin Hearn. The first book is Hounded, and it is set in modern day, and it follows the last of the Druids who lives in Arizona. He lives a very peaceful life until an angry Celtic god shows up wanting his magical sword.
1: Those angry Celtic gods.
3: <laughs> Gotta watch out for those angry for Celtic sure, gods. Yeah. I know. Um, and then I also suggested The Vampire Files by P.N. Elrod. First book is *Bloodlist*. This is set in Prohibition Air in Chicago. And it follows an investigative journalist, Jack, who wakes up one night to discover he is now a vampire and it has sort of like a 1930s noir detective feeling um which is in line with See so
1: finding out knows. how he became a vampire. Yes, I believe he's trying oh, no. to find out how he became a vampire. Mm, isn't there only one way?
3: Well, I think <laughs> Yes, I think so. It's probably more the who maybe or oh, like yeah. what led to that whole thing as well, you know. And then the third one sort of um like the the Iron Druid Chronicles and the Vampire Files um are follow a more sort of like contemporary type wizard. Um but the third one I suggested is The Kingkiller Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss and the first book is The Name of the Wind. This has more of a um what you would think of as like a medieval type time period that you're in setting and it follows a magically gifted boy who grows up to become the most famous wizard of all time like in his
1: Non Harry Potter world. world.
3: <laughs> Harry Potter world, yes. Why do they always have to be
1: the most famous? <laughs> can't they be, can there be like a um, one story about a wizard who's just like living in no. Chicago? Like, no, you can't. Cleveland you can't and we now? Should,
3: we could write that though.
4: We could right? have a wizard in Cleveland who grows up to be the most famous wizard of our. Have you read Sidney Williams' China series? I have not. The, uh, I think it's the Wizard Air or the Warrior Air? Okay. series. And it's set in Cleveland. She's a local author. Look at that. And, um, he was born wizard, average? but he was implanted with a warrior stone. Oh. So he's like a hybrid. Wow. Uh, it was a good series. I sucked it right up, but it, it was really good. It's a YA, but it's really, okay. it's really good. It's really good. I'm going to have that to list you now. You're like, here, you should read this too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Apparently, you know, who wants to be like the second book? Mo- Actually, that would be a good
2: book.
1: The Somebody second has most to be,
3: famous wizard.
1: Like, that's like totally annoyed with Harry Potter and... He's just like, hang killer. That's
3: actually, <laughs> whatever. that's not a bad idea. Yeah. The second most
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> famous wizard who's like always the shadow of the famous one. He
1: doesn't go to Hogwarts. <laughs> he he goes to like some second class yes. wizarding school. Or...
3: Uh, on it. Somebody needs to write that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, Okay. So those are our reader's advisory picks for, for this week. Now's the fun part. I like this part, because I like talking about all the books that are coming out in the future. No, me too. So what's everybody excited about?
1: Um, I have a main, uh, the first one I would, before you even asked me to be on it, I wanted to talk about this book, and I don't even, I don't know a whole lot about it, except That's that okay. it's, I know, um, except <laughs> except that it's about bartending, and uh, right. I got bartended for a long time, and I think that. That there's a lot of um, material there. Oh, sure. And uh, it's called Sweet Bitter. Uh, it's by uh, Stephanie Danler, And uh, I will be getting a copy as soon as possible. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. That's all you know about? That's it. That's all I, I just oh, know. That's you
3: said. <laughs> you didn't know a lot about it. You were like. I literally
1: did not. I, did. I just, it, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
3: That sounds good, though. All right. Bartending. What else? Anything else coming out?
1: Oh yeah. Um future? uh yeah, then the book Dodgers by uh, Bill Beverly. It just looked it's a good um like sort of historical fiction book, I believe. It takes place in LA. Um there's an LA drug gang. Nice. Just gotta say LA drug gang and I'm I'm there. so uh, but it's getting a lot of buzz, which is not usually the reason why I follow a book. Right. But right. It, it definitely looks very cool. All right,
4: Sheila, what's coming out? Well, Kwame Alexander, who wrote, uh, Crossover. Okay. He's got a new one coming out and it's called Book. And this one's about, uh, soccer. Okay. The last one's about basketball. Okay. It's still written in prose. Awesome. I think it's. Smooth. It's written in, it's in prose. prose. That's fun. Yeah. So a lot of students enjoy that because they'll have space and they can read a book and then we still get credit for it. Sure. <laughs> but it, it's well written. It's okay. not just yeah prose for prose sake. It's, it's a well written story. And the other one that I want to get my hands on that I haven't seen yet, but is getting a lot of buzz, um, is The Bitter Side of Sweet by Tara Sullivan. Okay. Um so a lot of people. Well those two title
3: book titles because yours was Sweet Bitter and Bitter Side of Sweet. Look at that.
4: Yeah, well, here's the synopsis. <laughs> I think this was all meant to happen. <laughs> well, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, the synopsis of this book is the 15-year-old Amandu counts, uh, counts the things that matter. For two years, he, for two years, what has mattered are the number of cocoa pods that he and his younger brother, the Sedoyu, can chop down in a day. This number is very important. The higher the number, the safer they are because the bosses won't beat them. The higher the number, the closer they are to pay off their debt returning home. Um, So this, you know, I'm all about some intense. So I I can't wait to get my hands on that one. I've been trying, trying, trying. But it hasn't come through yet. It hasn't come through yet. That's okay. But can I quickly say that now ABC Family is changing their name. Are they? Oh, yeah. They are changing their name and calling themselves Freeform now. Okay. Okay. So, but they are going to be premiering The Shadowhunters. Okay. Um, this month. And that is based on the Mortal Instruments series. Oh. By, um, what was it, author? Claire, Cassandra Clare. Okay. Okay. And, um, and that's all the City of Bones, City of Ashes. Right, right. Okay. So that's going to be coming out too. So I can't wait to see, you that's know, how kind to judge fun. what's better. The, the book, book, right. Or the TV series. And we all know it will be. The book. Probably,
3: yeah. That's exciting. Yes. Okay. So I am looking forward to, um, first off, I'm a big Bill Bryson fan. He wrote, like, he wrote A Walk in the Woods. Mm -hmm. And, um, about 20 years ago, he had a book come out called Notes from a Small Island. It was when he first had moved. He's an American, but he, Moved to England and decided to, like, drive and take a road trip around England and write about all the little towns. And, um, that was 20 years ago, and now he's decided to do it again. And so he has a new book coming out called The Road to Little Dribbling, which is sort of like a sequel to Notes from a Small Island, where he basically does the same thing and drives around in England. And- he did one where he, um, a couple years ago, a similar idea here in the United States, where he drove, basically a road trip around the United States. And then, um, Black Rabbit Hall by Eve Chase. It is set at an English country estate, which is pretty much my soul, I'm done, English country estate. And it is a debut novel, which is a thrilling spiral into the hearts of two women separated by decades, but inescapably linked by the dark and tangled secrets of Black Rabbit Hall.
1: See, I know you're you're not alone, but what is the draw for the English country country estate? What is it? What is it that does it?
0: It's just I not think it's, it's, a, it's because
3: a, you don't have them here in America.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I really it's the accent.
3: It's the yeah. accent. I think it's the history. Mm. Like, some of those English country states have been a long, around as long as our country has. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of history. They're very big.
1: and. Do you want to live in one?
3: I would love to. I would yeah, totally live
1: in an
3: Down yeah. Abbey. <laughs> Down Abbey. It's the Down Abbey effect. I think that's what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did, did this it, did, it didn't exist for you pre-Downton
3: um no I think it did but I think then it came sort of in I think the closest we have would be like southern plantation homes mm-hmm. and that definitely existed pre-Downton Abbey for me so I think it's just the big it's just the big homes with a lot of history and um I yeah
0: alright yeah, I think that's what it is The yeah, I had to ask
3: yeah I think that's what it is I think and I think usually like There's never like the big English country estates. There's never really anything good that happens. Like like a lot of Agatha Christie stuff takes place at the big (laughs) English country estate, and you know. Wuthering Heights. See exactly like I think that's what it is. It's sort of that those dark corners Mm, in those so pretty but dangerous. Pretty but dangerous, exactly. It's a pretty but dangerous.
1: Alright, I'm
3: on board. Are you on board? -hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on our third episode. Thank you. Have we had fun talking about books?
1: So much fun. So much
3: fun. Excellent. And the titles that we talked about today can be found on overdrive.com and all that good stuff. So be sure to check them out. And happy reading. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.
4: My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not, and then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else